Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcast. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Wow. Week six. Welcome in to Stacking the Box. If you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38 and the Green Bay Packers 10 with Aaron Rodgers throwing two interceptions in three throws, congratulations. A go get a lottery ticket. Matt Berteram, that was a stunner today. Not that the Bucs won, I guess, but the way in which they did it, I certainly did not see that coming. Thank you for putting on stack in the box, everyone. Yeah. Uh, look, it was 10 nothing, and looked like the Packers were going to roll the Bucs. I mean, watching that game, that was going to be the lead of my column, as I'm assuming many people that cover the NFL were going to lead the column. Which, so I was watching it. It was 10 nothing. Green Bay had the ball. I'm like, okay. Like, this is where the Packers roll Tampa and go 5-0. and And now we're sitting here talking about the Packers. We're undisputed. They're the best team in the league. And then he throws that pick six, and man, I, that game flipped about as wildly as you'll ever see a game flip. I mean, that it went from 10 nothing to 28-10 to heartbeat. Yeah, look, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, his resume on throwing picks is incredible. He hadn't thrown one uh, for, you know, all season long, first 156 passes of the year. Uh, the last time that he had thrown a pick six. Rodgers had thrown 6,214 6, times in his career, uh, and only those two had been intercepted and, re- and returned for scores. I mean, this guy is uh, – he doesn't do this, but they got him today. And I don't know if that means that he's old or just had an off day. I'm going to go with off day, right? Yeah, I, I think an off day. And, you know, the funny thing is you you said it. He's only had three pick sixes in his career, two of them in Tampa. Yeah. Um, as odd as that is. So, no, I don't think he's washed. Or, you know, he's he's arguably right now, other than, I think, the unanimous choice in MVP right now in Wilson, he's arguably the number two guy, right? Like he's, he's been great, but he just, yeah, he had a bad day. I mean, there's no yeah. way around that. There is some conversation worth having about Aaron when he is actually pressured. I mean, the Bucks yes. got, got yes. to him. T- he's Playoff games where he's been under pressure, it hasn't looked great. And today it didn't look great. They got to him 12 times, at least hitting him. So, uh, look, the guy's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I take him on my team. I might even draft him. I had a Russell Wilson right now. But that is how you beat him. Like most quarterbacks, by the way, you got to get to him. But And I do think as he has gotten older, that part of his game has looked a little more wobbly than anything else. So, look, I'm going to go to Tampa first, and we can circle back on the on the Packers. Okay. Um. My biggest takeaway from the game is Tampa Bay's defense, man. They they can play like that. Now, now look, that's not a revelation. The Bucks' defense was even good last year, especially as they're going to have the season under Todd Bowles. That's a really good group. They don't let you run the ball. They pressure a lot. They bring a lot of pressure. Aikman pointed out during the broadcast, and astutely so, that they don't blitz a lot on third down, but on first and second, they bring a ton of pressure. They want to get you in third and long, and then they play coverage. And the Buccaneers did a great job of that. I mean, as you just mentioned, they hit Rodgers over and over and over in the game. They made him very uncomfortable. Um, 
and that really was the, a big turning point in the in the afternoon. But I just thought, look, overall, if you're going to beat the Bucks, it's going to be a team that is going to be good against the blitz. Teams that on first and second down, and they bring a lot of pressure, you're just going to kill them. And I believe you said on the last podcast, Rodgers has not been good against the blitz. The, the Packers as a whole have not been good against the blitz. So that kind of played into the, ha- the hand of Bowles. Once they, they relinquished that lead, all of a sudden it was, hey, we can be a little bit more fast and loose with the blitz. They can do so. And that is one thing, not to transition out of the Bucks yet, but that I do think the Packers have a problem with. Adams is the only receiver they've got that scares anybody. And so you're not afraid to blitz against the Packers because who's going to beat you down the field, right? Like as long as you can bracket Adams, you're not that worried about Equiminius St. Brown getting deep on you. So I do think that all played together. Yeah, and look, as far as Tampa's D, I mean, they got a lot of people who are making an impact. I mean, Golston got to the quarterback three times. Say Jason Pierre-Paul, yeah. I don't know how he does it. I mean, you're walking around with uh, – you're compromised, but yet he continually yeah. gets to the quarterback at a sack and a half today, uh, hit him three times, and their linebackers are fast, and the, the, the Bucks look, give Brady credit. The dude's no dummy. He saw a good defense. He saw some talent on offense. I mean, he didn't do he, – he did barely anything today, and that was more than enough. They, they won by yeah. 28. So. Yeah, Brady was not the – Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Story which is amazing. Uh, you know, Brady versus Rodgers, Rodgers being bad, 16 to 35, the two picks that we were talking about, yeah. you know, a QBR of 17.8. That doesn't happen. And Tom's just chilling, you know, no big deal. Four and two, Tampa, how good are they here, Matt? Good, good. And by the way, just to close out that last little part there. Yeah. Going into the pick six, uh, the Packers had outgained the, the Buccaneers 134 to 40, 134 to 39. They were averaging 6.7 yards per play. After that pick six, the Packers ran 42 plays and gained 52 yards. Complete dominance after yeah. that pick six. The, no, I think the Bucs are really good. Well, here's the thing. So I thought coming into the year that Bucs would be about an 11-win team. I still think that's about right. Maybe I'm off by a game or so either way, but I think it's about right. Um I thought the Saints would win the division, but Breeze is now. You asked me if I thought Rodgers looks washed. No, I don't think he does at all. Breeze looks washed. Breeze looks like he can't throw the ball anymore, and I have major concerns about the Saints. If the Buccaneers win that division, okay, the NFC East doesn't even count as a division. So then you start looking at the North, the West, and the South. Yeah, I mean the Bucks. I see the Bucks right up there, and we're going to touch on this a little later in the show. But with Seattle, Green Bay as the top tier teams in the NFC. I think there's a clear delineation from those three and the rest of the, and the rest of the conference. Good use of delineate, Matt. I'm impressed. And let me Thank just you. delineate something else for you. I love watching Ronald Jones run the football. Every time that dude touches it, it's with a burst. I enjoy it. And I, I haven't exactly loved watching Gronk play this year. You were right about Gronk that it was, you know, he wasn't going to come back and beat 
dynamic, but he was dynamic today, baby. He did he play was, well today. He, he, did. He, he, he was involved, um, got in the end zone, nice catch, adjusted himself well, five catches total, which is by far his best as a, as a Tampa Bay Buck. So it was a, it was a good day uh, for Gronk. As far as Green Bay, I mean, Rodgers, as far as long-term concerns, uh, Rodgers just said that they needed a wake-up call. Period end of story that things have been going too well. That they were four and zero, and you know coming off a thirteen win season last year. That this is this is nothing. Like he was super positive about it. I, which uh, I don't want to be in the overreaction game here, so I'm going to tend to agree with him. Uh, but I I I kind of wonder on some level if if his words are you know he's trying to calm himself down a little bit. I'm not sure. No, look, I, I'm a big believer in the shit happens theory in the NFL. Because it does, right? Like, obviously, I am a Chiefs fan. And they lost to the Raiders last week. And, like, Chiefs Twitter was just out of its mind. I mean, there were literally people when they signed Le'Veon Bell who were, asked, who were you know, commenting to me, well, it doesn't matter because they can't block anybody. Did you see the Raiders game? It's like, are you kidding me? This was 13 games in a row. I feel the same way about the Packers, right? Like, the Packers are a really good team that happened to lose to another really good team on the road. Uh, yeah, it's off the buy. That sucks. But I'm not that worried about it. What I am worried about, two prongs here, and we already touched on one. If Adams is either hurt or ineffective in a game, they have nobody to throw the ball to. And against really good teams, those teams are going to take him away. They're going to force you to play throwing to these other guys, and I don't know that the Packers can consistently do it. The other thing is, and we talked about this on the last podcast, okay, the Packers caught Atlanta without Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, even though he played, was still hurt. They caught the Lions without Kenny Galladay, right? Like, they caught the Saints without Michael Thomas. Well, the Bucks had their full complement today and hung 38. Now, granted, 14 of that was essentially defensive. But the Buccaneers, really, when they want, they moved the ball pretty consistently throughout the last three quarters of the game. I still think the Packers are an excellent Super Bowl contending type team. It happens. They lost their four and one. So what? Three of the next four games are like Jacksonville. They've got uh, an easy schedule. Yeah, yep. Jacksonville, Houston. I figure there's one other game should absolutely roll. Might be Minnesota or something. Um, I think they're fine, but those are concerns that when they get to January, could be magnified. At Houston, Minnesota at home, at the Niners. Right, that'll tough be a game with the Niners. And then, but then they got the Jaguars at home. They got to go play Indy, and then here come the Bears. First place, Chicago. What up? We'll get to uh, the Bears in a little bit here, but uh, let, let's move on to the AFC and the Pittsburgh Steelers just made a mockery of Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns. Like, honestly, we've said a lot of nice things about the Browns this year, and I'm feeling like an idiot for doing any of it. The Steel- like, the, the Browns might as well fold the franchise after the performance, day, even though, by the way, they're still 4-2. But Pittsburgh 5-0, and and now plus 62, by the way, on the, on the year here, Verderam, which is the best in the AFC and just double checking my work here, it's second. It's the best in all of the NFL. Just rolling on teams as they as they crushed Baker, who got benched today. That was uh, that was a that was a statement game for Pittsburgh. It was because the Steelers, who anyone who listens to this knows, I've been high on. They played nobody all year long, uh, and four of their five games have been at home. Uh, they, they, they've had a very easy go of it to this point. And I'm not like I'm not a big Cleveland guy, but this was easily the best team they've played. It's a decent team. They hammered Cleveland, thirty-eight-seven. I mean, yeah. thirty-eight-seven. I'll be honest with you. I watched the game live. It didn't even do it justice. 
they, they beat him worse than that. I mean, it, Cleveland's almost lucky it was 38-7. And look, my biggest takeaways here, we know Pittsburgh's good. So let's no disrespect the Steelers fans. Let's put them aside for just a second. We'll get back to them in a moment. The Browns, this is the thing that has worried me all year about the Browns, and I've said this repeatedly, and it came to fruition today. If they can't run the ball, Baker is a major liability. And today in this game, they rushed for 3.4 yards of carry. They couldn't get going. They were constantly in second and third and long. And Baker, and Baker Mayfield goes out and throws for 119 yards, a touchdown and two picks, and had a 5.4 QBR. Oh, and by the way, the play of the game was Minka Fitzpatrick pick-sixing him on Cleveland's first drive. Game was over. It was ten nothing, and you just the way the game it, you felt like it was over five minutes in. I don't feel bad about this. Maybe that's a lie. I feel a little bit bad about it, but I really enjoy when Baker struggles. It 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 it, it does not bother me in the least. And terrible person. Yeah, I, I maybe so. I, what do you think of as far as the future of the Steelers in twenty twenty without Devin Bush, who is. Uh, Inside linebacker, defensive play caller, went out in the second quarter. Apparently, is an ACL tear season over. How much do you think that impacts Pittsburgh? A lot. A lot. Because their, their entire team is built off that front seven. And any loss in that front seven is a major loss. And he is the quarterback of it. Okay, That's like when they had Ryan Shazier back in the day. And Shazier was just an animal. Could go sideline to sideline, could blitz, could, could play coverage. Bush is a lot like that. Obviously, Shazier's injury was you know, tragic, and, and thankfully, I, I, as much as it stinks at Bush towards ACL, he should be back, should play again. Um, but they're similar type players. And to lose Bush is a crippling blow. They still have a great pass rush. Their, their secondary is still very good, but Bush kind of ties that all together now. They're weaker in the middle of the field. So I do think it's a big blow. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to do replace Stephen Bush in any way, shape, or form. That being said, they're sitting here now at 5-0, and and you'll look at them and say, that's a damn complete team. They can run the ball. They've got weapons. Claypool, the, the rookie receiver, looks He's unbelievable. A, He's awesome. That team drafts receivers better than anybody in the NFL. It's incredible. They find guys like Claypool is like a 12th receiver taken, and the kid's unbelievable. So, you know, right now, I still think Pittsburgh's in a great spot, but losing Bush, yeah, that's a, that's a big damper on what was a huge win. People can uh, read up on Claypool, but his, his sister uh, took her own life. There's, uh, there's some, some interesting background there. He's, you know, coming from Canada and, of course, no, uh, Notre Dame. The Steelers, man, though, they're, they're going to miss Bush, but they get to the quarterback. I mean, they const constantly, constant pressure, man. So I still think they're they're going to be able to do that. They've got three or more sacks in six consecutive games, and they just cause havoc. And they they were like, I mean, they they made it. It was it was a miserable day for for Baker that I think he'll remember for quite some time. Um, the Brownies. What do you think this means for the old uh, Brownies? You're going forward. I think it means that they're exactly what I thought they were. To quote the late great Denny Green, uh, they're. <laughs> They're an average team. I think they're probably about a nine-win team, which is what I said last week. I, I Look, this doesn't change my opinion of them. I will say this. I don't get into all this week-to-week -week stuff about, well, they blew this team out, and then they won this game, because you can play that game with every team in the league, by and large. 
I do think it's concerning, though. They've played two really good teams this year, like two playoff contending, real quality opponents. Baltimore and Pittsburgh, two teams that are in the division that they should know pretty damn well, and they've lost 38-6 and 38-7. That is not comfortable. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And the bigger problem I have, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, I'm going to say it's all year long. If you can't play multiple ways, you're not going anywhere meaningful in January. I don't care who you are. I have the same concerns, and I don't know that we're even going to get into it in this show. I don't think we will. I have the same concerns about Baltimore. I know they won again today. Baltimore can't throw the football. Like they're just going to come into games in, can't, in, in cold weather January where teams are going to say, we don't care. You're not running the ball. Beat us. And I think Cleveland's got the same problem right about now. If, if Cleveland can't run the ball and stay ahead of the sticks and get play action going, they can't move the ball because Mayfield's terrible. So okay. Their defense is not Baltimore's. They're not good enough to play it that they'll get blown out if that happens. So that's where I find it interesting if I'm the Browns. You aren't, I guess, going to punt on Baker, but look. You can't. I guess you can't, but you're a, you're a competitive playoff football team right now. Baker has now has, has 11 games with multiple interceptions, and, it, it's, and the other two quarterbacks are Jameis and Phillip Rivers, by the way, the only ones that have had more since 2018. Phillip Rivers throws a lot of touchdown passes to go along with his interceptions. So does Jameis. Baker doesn't. So, and Case Keenum, not sexy, but I'm not sure they're they're not better with Keenum. I'm re- I'm really not. He's when given an op. I, I it's a lower bar of where you're trying to get to, and it and if you're look, it you can't you can't do it. But I would. Just make the argument they might be a better team this year with Keenum at quarterback. That's all I'm saying. And he's also hurt now. I mean, the ribs are just have been bothering him, and he got banged up today. That's fair. I guess, man, I just can't. I can't go there. Keenum's terrible, but but May, Mayfield's Mayfield's a major issue, and they've been able to hide him for a month straight because they've run the ball and they played bad teams. They played you know Washington. They played Dallas. Indy's not a bad team, but they got a lead on Indianapolis. And Indy's not a great team. My God, they barely beat Cincinnati today at home. Um, when the Browns play good teams, they're going to lose because those teams are just going to stop them from running all up, all up and down the field. And they're going to say, go ahead, Baker, throw it. And it doesn't. It, the, the, the biggest concern I have if I'm a Browns fan with Baker is it's not as though he has a lack of weaponry. He's got a ton of talent. And I think we can all agree Stefanski's a real head coach. And he still's terrible. Like that, that is – I don't know where you go with that. Because He's, it's not as though you just say, well, we just got to get better guys. No, you don't. Like you've got great guys, and you still can't do anything. Well, and he's lucky he's got Stefanski because that's obviously a huge upgrade from Freddie. Yeah. Uh, put in the kitchen, and Stefanski sticking by him. So there's that. Uh, let, let's look at Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens eking one out today. Uh, handicap this for us, Matt Bertram. P- Pittsburgh, Baltimore. So I think right now 
Pittsburgh is definitively better than Baltimore. Definitively. I, I think the Steelers is just a clearly better team. The Ravens are very good defensively, but guess what? So is Pittsburgh. Jackson has just not been that good this year. Now, like I get it. He rushed for 107 yards today. That matters. That counts. They can't throw the ball. He's on pace for like 3,000 passing yards. And while he did run for 100 yards today, they're not running the ball the way they did last season. They're not. Now, last year they set records. I didn't expect them to rush for that exact amount of yardage again. But the offensive line losing Marshall Yonder, who's probably a Hall of Fame guard, I mean, that's clearly affected them as well you'd expect it to. Jackson has not been the same player. Defensively, they've been good. They've been very good, although I would argue they've played one really good team this year, and the Chiefs lit them up like a Christmas tree. So, I, I look, I think the Ravens are a very good team. I think a top three team in the conference and certainly have the capabilities of beating anybody. But right now, I like Pittsburgh, and I've liked them going into the season. I'm sticking with it. The Steelers right now are the better team. And I'll tell you one thing. When they see each other, the Steelers are not going to let them run the ball, and they're going to make him throw it. They're just going to jam the line. They're going to get pressure, and they're going to say, go ahead, big boy, beat us outside. Do it. And he can't. They can't do it. Baltimore has no ability to do that. So I, I think Pittsburgh is the tougher team right now. For the record, and I agree with everything you're saying, and I would put Pittsburgh ahead of them, and the Ravens have some concerns here. But just for the record, they are 5-1. and one. It's the only the third time in franchise history they've ever done that, and that the other two years would be 2000 and 2012. Uh, those are the t- two years that they went on to win the Super Bowl. None, none of that matters. Those stats, Matt, I, I don't know why I'm bringing it up, but just I, I do think in the overreaction NFL – uh, we do need to remind that they are five and one. Um, and I would also put out there that I, they, today felt like they just got bored. You're up 24 to six. I, I don't know what happened. Maybe like too much success going on there. Maybe they're still thinking about playing the chiefs, but it, it wasn't impressive. But I, I, but I also, they, no. they, you know, they, and they also were sloppy They had 12 penalties. That was ugly, too. The Eagles tacked it on late, and and, and they did make a run at it. I mean, the Ravens really did get a little dicey there at the end of the game. A two-point conversion ties it, but I don't worry about that. But we're going to – you know what? And to be fair, we're about to find out a lot about the Ravens this year because their next five games, and they got to buy next week. So they get to kind of – you know, they get to hang out at home, relax. If they need to get – you know, any guys have bumps and bruises, they can get healthy. Their next five weeks after the buy – they host the Steelers. They are at the Colts, at the Pats, home to the Titans, at the Steelers. So, and then, and then after that, they play nobody for the last five weeks of the year. If you want to maybe have at Cleveland, there's a Monday night game. You want to throw that in there. Look, these next five games, you're going you're gonna to find out exactly what's going on because there are some big boy teams in there. I mean, right. you got the Steelers twice, got the Titans, New England on the road. It's going to be interesting. Bring it on, COVID, stay away. All right, let's move to Chicago. The Bears are 5-1, 23-16 over Carolina. Nick Foles had one of the greatest postgame pressers, an impassioned Nick Foles, if you will, just telling everybody that, yeah, we know our offense sucked, but we're working on it. We got great guys in here. Um, you're writing here that the record is real. It is. They, I mean, they are 5-1. and one. They're not going to take it away from them. Uh, but I and I think that the Bears offense is going to get better as the year goes along, but that offensive line is also real and it ain't good. So they're still having trouble running the football. 
and Foles threw an ugly interception today. But the defense is 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 big time. It's it's back to where it was. So what's your take on Chicago? All right. So there's a lot to unpack here with the Bears. Full here. I'll start out with the blunt truth. The offense is just absolutely atrocious. They can't run worth a damn, and Foles is hideous. But he's still better than Trubisky because he doesn't make the mind-numbing mistakes. ESPN with their stupid autoplay videos are killing me. Um, he doesn't make the mistakes that Trubisky. Now I know you said, and you're right. He did have the one really bad pick, but typically he doesn't make the errors that that Trubisky makes. So I do think Foles is the right guy for the job. But I mean, 39 passes, 198 yards. That's brutal. I mean, if you're throwing three, if you're throwing for 39 attempts, you you better be throwing for 325 plus. And they ran for two and a half yards of carry. But, but, they get Minnesota two times this year. They get Detroit at home. You look at this, and you, you got to say to yourself, you got to say to yourself, they're, they're, they're going to get to nine wins, right? I mean, uh, they got I, five. I, I, I'm I looking at the schedule thinking they got to get to nine. I mean, sh- I mean, hell, who, who, who do they play? I mean, if they beat Minnesota twice, and Minnesota is a dumpster fire, and they beat the Lions, even if they lose both to the Packers and they lose to the Rams, okay, well, you're playing the AFC South, right? Like, that ought to be at least another win or two. So they're a playoff team. Uh, I think you can, when I look go through the schedule of the Bears, I think it's very, very, very easy that they're a 10-win team and they could even win 11. I, th- I think that's on the, on the board for yeah. them. Uh, they also, like, okay, you started the football game today, you get an interception, and then on the second play of the game, offensively, you call timeout, and then you come out of the timeout, and then you have a delay a game. And this is coming from a head coach who was screaming about details after you beat Tampa Bay a week ago, Thursday night or whatever, 10 days ago. So, and then after the game today, Nagy's like, yeah, it's all good. So, but the defense is legit, man. Um, Mack had a sack today that's four in the year, but he, he got the sack because Robert Quinn was applying pressure. They're getting rando contributions. And let me tell you something, too. Cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller is freaking incredible. He had a hit today that they called a penalty that absolutely shouldn't have been. He had the uh, a hit against Tampa Bay the week ago Thursday where they called it a catch and a fumble. The guy's been phenomenal. Now, Eddie Jackson's doing it there too. I mean, the Bears are – they're very much uh, – they're, 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 the defense is, is, is legit. And I do think offensively one thing that's not getting named – David Montgomery is getting better and better, especially out of the backfield. So they're not missing Tariq Cohn like many thought they would. And he's he that's really their run game is throwing the ball to two yards to him and letting him go that way because obviously handing it off to him has not been working. But that guy can play, man. So I, I think they are a contender for sure, by the way, to answer the question. If I'm the Bears, the trade deadline's on election day. I'm, t- I'm calling everybody right now. About offensive, offensive line, line. Every, everybody, everybody, every single team that, that, that might have somebody that can help me because you owe it to the team to at least try to win some games here and meaningful ones in January. And if you're going to win, you need to give Foles a clean pocket and you got to be able to run the ball. And you, you're, look, you're not getting a new quarterback. You're, you're not getting Barry Sanders. So you need to build up that offensive line. I would be looking. I mean, let's talk about some of these teams real quick that are out of it. The Giants are out of it. I don't know if they have a lineman that helps. I'd call the Red, I, the Redskins. 
I excuse me. I would call uh, the football team up and say, "Hey, what about Brandon Schreff? Like, wh what about him? I mean, he's I believe on the tag, is he not? I would be calling them. Hey, what can we what can we you know give you now? Maybe the price is prohibitive, and if it is, okay, you live with that. Um, but yeah, he's on the tag, so I would I would reach out about him. He's he's one of the better guards in the league. I don't know if Minnesota would trade with them. You know, Riley Reef's not great, but he's an upgrade at this point. Uh, I, I would I would look and scour for anybody who could help them because that to me is the easiest way to get them better and the most realistic way. It's a fair take. I'm not sure what you're giving up. I mean, what what did, what did Tunzel cost? Oh, Tunzel's are ridiculous. Braves two first. I wouldn't do that. I'm just talking like just a good uh, rotation rotational guy, and you're giving up a second round pick. Well, like, yeah, like like even like a Joe Thune, who's an all pro guard with the Pats. He's on the tag. He's probably not resigning there, from what I understand. So, like, if you're the Pats and you're going to lose him for a, a compensatory third round pick anyway at the end of the year, does it make sense to trade him for a second round pick? If you're the Bears, I'd do it. I mean, what the hell? The guy's an all pro. He can play tackle. He can play guard. He can play center. Like, I, no, I, I if you can make a trade like that, I, I think it makes a whole lot of sense for for the Bears. And then you look to sign him also. All right, yeah. Bears are legit first place in the North. Into the future we go. And we're starting with New England. Are the Patriots going to sink, is how Matt Verderham has written this, uh, after losing to Denver today, 18-12. to 12. Cam was back, but uh, the offense was not. You're, you're sensing a sinking ship with uh, Belichick and company? So I'll be brief with this because I don't think it takes a whole lot of explanation. They have no weapons. They have no weapons. You know, when, when they lost to the Chiefs 26-10, to 10, they'd started Hoyer and then went to Stidham. I said, well, you know, hey – to be fair, if Cam had played, they probably would have won. I got to tell you, I watched that game. I don't think they would have won even with Cam. They can't move for a foot. They can't do anything. And th by the way, this has not been a one-week problem. They were great against Seattle, although even in that game, they only scored 23 points. They moved up and down the field. The Raiders game, you look at the scores, they all 36 points. I mean, the Raiders, it was turnover palooza the second half of the game. They, they didn't score against Miami. I know they were without Newton. They didn't score against Kansas City. Then they come out in this game, and I get the whole COVID thing. Look, dude, they have nobody. Edelman had like two catches for eight yards. Nikhil Harry, their first-round pick of a year ago, didn't have one catch. The guy leading the team in receptions is James White, and, like, and Izzo is second in receptions and yardage in the game. It's brutal. Like Denver threw two horrid picks in the fourth quarter and didn't score a touchdown the entire game and beat them in New England. I don't think New England's going 5-11. and 11. Like Belichick will keep them hanging around because he's Belichick, but man, they got they got Buffalo twice, they got Baltimore, like, well, um, the well, NFC West. The it's COVID, the COVID is real for New England. You got their, you got Byron Coward is, uh, you know, is on the reserve COVID nineteen list. That's your starting defensive tackle. You've got Sony Michelle. You got your starting right guard Shaq Mason. All these guys are missing. By the way, they're also banged up, too. Uh, you thought they lost one of their tackles. New England, I mean, straight trouble here. So, And by the way, for those who wanted to see the Patriots go down, being under 500 after five games now at two and three, they haven't been in this situation since they were three and four in 2002. So uh, Tom's in Tampa. Their whole roster has covid Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. 
Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Belichick is screaming for more practice time. I think you can celebrate yeah. fairly carefully that the, the Pats are in serious trouble. I mean, look, you go down the line, man. It's not getting better any day soon. Like, their next game's home to the Niners. Okay, maybe they win to 50-50. At Buffalo, at the Jets, they should win, obviously. Home to Baltimore on a Sunday night. At Houston, maybe, you know, probably win. But, I mean, that's Houston's weird because of Watson. Home to the Cardinals. At the Chargers, at the Rams, back-to-back weeks, at the Dolphins, home to Buffalo. Like, man, what are they going? Eight and eight? Uh, you can't, they can't uh, score a point. That feels that feels Bill Belichick optimistic, but maybe they will. Maybe they will. That would be a hell of an accomplishment at this point, considering everything that's going on there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm a little surprised on some level because I just – I always have reverence – for great teams and great dynasties. And even when Tom moved along, I, I was betting on Belichick to figure it out, but they're in a world of hurt right now. I mean, you're, you're losing half your roster to COVID. Uh, not half, but you get the point. What about Minnesota? Should we move on to the Vikings? Yeah, let's do it. Minnesota, <laughs> this is, you know, I should have been all in on them being a disaster this year once Stephon Diggs walked out the damn door. Uh, but they lost to the Falcons today, 40-23, to first win for Atlanta. And some are speculating that Kirk Cousins is not going to make it to the end of the year if he continues to turn over the football like he has. I think you're on board with that. One of those people speculating that is Kirk Cousins, who <laughs> should it after the game. But here's the problem for the Vikings, okay? Like, like buffoons, they extended the guy before the season. Why? I'll, I'll never know. Well, actually, I'll tell you why. Because they were in cap hell, and it was the easiest way for them to lower his cap number, okay? So... Stupid is as stupid does. They worked themselves into a horrible cap situation, and the easiest way to bail themselves out was to extend Cousins. So what did they do? They gave him a cap hit next year of $31 million. Now, people say, oh, they could, they could maybe move him. No, they can't. He's got a dead cap hit of $41 million. So it costs them $10 million to get rid of him. Then in 2022, they can move him. He makes a $45 million hit. He's got $10 million in dead cap. He's never seen that year. But he's not going anywhere. He's not. Do you think they're putting him on the bench, making thirty-one million? There's not Dude. a chance in hell. He's not going to the bench. So, and there, and his backup is Sean Mannion. So he's going to play. And if he doesn't figure this out, yeah, they're going nowhere but Tankville because he's he's been awful. Ten picks, leading the league in them. And you look at the team. I mean, they're not losing here to dynamite teams either in some of these weeks. I mean, they got blown out by the zero five Falcons. You know, they they have not played particularly well. They barely beat Houston. Okay, they lost to Green Bay. You live with that. But I mean, they, they just, they have not played well. And they're not one of these teams you look at and say, well, they could bounce back. They look dead on arrival. You're at one and five. Mike Zimmer in trouble? No, he's in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that that's always been the tightest relationship anyway between him and Spielman, the GM there, and I, who also might be in trouble after this entire debacle. I, see, the problem with the Vikings, and so many teams find themselves in these spots. You're almost stuck in a, in a spot where really you have to just blow this thing up, right? Like, you're not – like, what are you going to do if you're Minnesota? The defense stinks. Cousins is 
Look, he's better than he's played to this point, but he's not a Super Bowl guy. Like, they, what are they going to do? Like, you're almost in a spot where you're 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 going to have to just start trading guys off to get picks and just kind of reset this whole thing. I just want to remind everybody and maybe remind myself: the Vikings were a playoff team last year. They they almost felt like they were. I mean, a lot of people picked them to win the division this year. Maybe not a lot, but certainly a decent yep. amount. Uh, people were like, yeah, Minnesota, it was kind of a sexy pick for some. So this is a, a real quick turn to the bottom here. Let, let's move on to uh, the Chiefs and the addition of Le'Veon Bell as if the rich needed to get any richer here. One million base salary, can make up to a million more with playing time, all that type of stuff. Um, how do you think he's used here? I mean, because I thought he was going to end up in Miami. That's where he was. It's where he lives. It's where he practices. The, the, the Dolphins really needed him. Uh, but, you know, I guess he wanted to try and win a Super Bowl here and, and live the dream. So three-time Pro Bowler, now a Chief. Yeah, so after Bell signed with Kansas City, I reached out to some people in the league that I know and, and basically, uh, you know, tried to have some intelligent conversation about why did the Chiefs go out and get Bell. And some people familiar with that whole situation basically said, look, He's going to help out in pass protection. He's one of the better blocking backs in the league in terms of, of when he's staying in to protect. He's excellent on third down because he can swing out of the backfield if he's not needed to protect and catch the ball. He's a bigger back than Edwards Alaire, so he'll help in the red zone. The Chiefs are going to use him to create mismatches and to play situational football. So far this year, Edwards Alaire has played 65% of the snaps. So you're not really decreasing his usage. Maybe it's a 60-40 split, something like that, but I still think he's going to be the guy. I, I just feel that Bell is going to get a little more run. Now, look, by some miracle, Bell turns out to be the guy that he was in Pittsburgh, and he's just been misused by Adam Gase. And yeah, the Chiefs are going to feed him to no end because he'd be crazy not to. But I don't think that's going to happen. He's probably going to be worse than he was in Pittsburgh, better than he was with the Jets. Um, you know, I would expect to see him a lot in third down and red zone. And I think he's going to play a big role for them in, in that regard. Um, he's an upgrade over Daryl Williams. He'll help. He won't play this weekend. He'll play in Denver, I would assume. And I think if you're the Chiefs, you got to be happy with it. They got him for one year, one and a half million. Can't beat that. So can't hurt. Uh, he makes him more dynamic. And, and they can use him all over the formation because he runs routes like a receiver. So they'll, they'll put him everywhere. I mean, the Chiefs have never been an organization that's willing, uh, unwilling to take on character issues. But I do think there is just at least a little bit of a chance that he turns that the that he's just a pain in the ass and wasn't worth it, and you didn't need him, and he could become some level of a distraction. But I, I don't. I, I guess if you trust your locker room and you trust Andy, and you the talent is, I they obviously feel it's still there. I mean, a lot of people say there's no burst left with Le'Veon. I don't know if you feel that way. I think there's burst. I don't think there's Pittsburgh burst. If he's, I mean, my God, if he's at it, it's ridiculous still. Right. But no, I don't, I don't think that exists. I think he's a good player at this point. I think okay. he's good. I don't think he's All great. Right. I think he's good. I think the Chiefs will maximize his talents because of Andy Reid. Um, I don't worry as much about the character concern stuff as I used to with the Chiefs because of the locker room. I mean, what like they have so many guys there who are alpha guys at this point. I'm not too worried about Le'Veon Bell going in there and upsetting the apple cart. I mean. He's not. He's not going to sit there and, and talk a bunch of uh, junk to Kelsey or Mahomes or anything. I, I just, I don't okay. really worry about that. Fair enough. Let's let's look at the Rams Sunday Night Football. We're talking to you after the game tonight. Forty um, Niners twenty four. The Rams sixteen. 
Uh, Jared Goff, man, a lot of just errant throws. And eh, I don't know. It, it, it's always the same. It, to me, it's always the same there. That they're 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 decent, but I I I I I never really fully buy into them. You're asking the question whether you think they'll be fraudulent by season's end. What do you think? I think we're going to find out a lot on Monday night when they when they host the Bears, because that's a real good defense. They're coming off a bad loss. The Bears would like to win. They don't have to win that game. They're five one. They don't have to beat the Rams on the road. But I, I am leaning towards, yeah, they're going to be somewhat fraudulent here as a contender. I, I think, yeah, they might make the playoffs. But man, I just – Goff is weird because he does have games where you're like, man, he looks really good. And then there's other games where you're like, man, he looks like crap. And there's like no in between. My concern with the Rams is they beat nobody. They've beaten four NFC East teams. And when they haven't played NFC East teams, the Niners looked at, that score was closer than it really was. The Niners beat the hell out of the Rams in that game. I mean, just beat them up on the line of scrimmage. And then you know, the Bills game obviously was wonky. I mean, they got down 23, they came back and they lost. I think the Rams are about they were last year. About a nine-win team. So do I think they're decent? Yeah, I do. But I don't think they're a contender. I do not think that team has any shot in hell of going to the Super Bowl. And for the record, on Goff's night, I mean, uh, you know, Cooper Cup did drop a touchdown pass, although not an easy play. I mean, he was he was right right at the sideline in the end zone. Go, it, it wasn't it was it would have been a good catch, but he did drop it, so his numbers could have looked a little bit better tonight. I don't know. I I, I don't. I'm not impressed, and I also think they could beat Chicago because you know how good are the Bears and go on the road and win that that's that would be a hell of an accomplishment to get to six and one but I also yep. think that they could easily fall behind the 49ers at, at, at and that by the way t- that was a physical football game tonight they were yes boss. that was cracking each other uh, let's do in or out got four topics for you the Titans belong in the Super Bowl conversation in or out I- I'm in right now man I mean, it, like they can score. They can score a ton of points. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I thought last year with them, it was a little bit of a magic carpet ride. And that this year, Tannehill would regress back to kind of closer, at least, to what he was in Miami. I thought Henry would still be good, but I didn't think he'd be the otherworldly guy that he was the last half of last year. Now, he has kind of regressed up until today, where he went berserk and like 212 yards rushing and 94 yard run that he had. I think one thing right now with the Titans, Tannehill keeps playing the way he's been playing. And he's now done it for about a full season in Tennessee. You got to at some point look at them and go, yeah, they're a problem. Like they got they got weapons. Do I think I don't think they are as good consistently as Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Baltimore, because before we go off the rails here, the Titans have barely beaten Jacksonville, Minnesota, Baltimore, and Denver. Like, they whipped up on Buffalo, which is impressive. Before their five wins have been against horrible teams, and they barely won those games. But I've been impressed by, my, by the eye test. When I watch them, they've looked like they've played very well. So... I do think you've got to put them in the mix. I think they're on the same level as Buffalo. I, I think they're they're a contender. I don't think they're a favorite, but I think they're a contender. 
next-gen stat for you, Derrick Henry. Guy's a flat-out stud, and he's been uh, we've done many interviews with him because he's always promoting something. But he was uh, he was clocked to running 21.6 miles per hour during his 94-yard touchdown run, and he just runs over people. He was incredible today, um, going over 200 yards. So just put that in there. And uh, they talk about looking forward. We'll see what they do against Pittsburgh, man. It's right in front of them. So yes, big game, both undefeated. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, any, uh, by the way, uh, my answer is yes. I'm in on the Titans belonging in the Super Bowl conversation. Indianapolis deserves praise for rallying from 21 down against the Bengals. People were just celebrating Cincinnati, and then it didn't happen. 31-27 Colts. Are you giving praise to Philip Rivers? I'll start here, Matt. Yes, Philip. Way to go. Second quarter, you actually looked like a capable quarterback again, despite the, the shade that Matt Verderam has been throwing at you for weeks now. He showed up. Are you, gonna, are you giving him any praise? No. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's great he came back and beat the Bengals. Um, they needed like a historic comeback to beat Cincinnati. Now, look, Rivers played well in the game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll give him credit for that. He, he certainly did. But the question here is Indianapolis deserves praise. Indianapolis does not deserve praise. You get down 21 on the Bengals. I mean, that's your problem. Like, it's not like they beat, you know, the, the, the Packers down 21 nothing or something. That, that would deserve a lot of praise. The, the Colts, to me, are a wild card contending type team. They're not more than that. They're not worse than that. They're the kind of team to get their best effort on any given day. They'll hang in there. But they're just so limited, man. Like, Rivers just makes them so limited. And the Bengals are awful. Like, no, they don't get any praise from me for be, for winning a game they should have won and, 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 you know, being down 21 up at a start. I just want to remind everybody that, like, Indy is not exactly world beaters here. So if you had told me that they were going to be down 21 nothing to anyone this year, I would have said that game's over. So I, I actually do give them some praise. Uh, and really how they've become a competitive Colts team all season, and they whip the, the – hey, they've got the one win over the, the – the Bears' only loss came to the Colts, baby. I mean, Chicago. That game was an atrocity. It, I was, was going to say, the Bears were absolutely horrendous. I mean, and so were the Colts. Right. The game was awful. I watched that game. It was terrible. Uh, all right, the Seahawks are the best team in the NFC, in or out? I'm out. I, and they're the only undefeated team, so by record you would say that you'd have to be in. But I'm out because I think – if they're healthy and right, Green Bay and Tampa to me are the two best teams. And they're both better because Seattle can't really? stop anybody. Seattle can't stop anyone. Like, and this is the, the the nature of this league, by the way. Seattle's like this close to losing to Miami and Minnesota this year. Now they didn't. They didn't lose. Give them credit. They they won the game. But like if I everything that I do on this show, Carl, when we when I write my column, I'm thinking about January. That's all I can, because to me, all the rest is crap is irrelevant because it just doesn't matter. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. It's about, it's about 
what you're going to be in January. And of course, nobody knows for a fact, but you try to kind of pick up on different things. It may help or may hurt that time of year. I think Green Bay is a better defensive team. I know they didn't play well today. Although, again, they weren't awful today defensively. I mean, 14 of those points were, all, were you know, basically given up by Rodgers. I think Green Bay is a better all-around team. The other thing is I don't think Russell Wilson can play any better than he's playing. Like, he's been unbelievable, and they're barely winning these games. New England was another game. They, they won by a yard. Like, I think Seattle's a very good team. I think Tampa could beat them. I think on a neutral field, Tampa would beat them. They can't get off the field. Like, I just – I can't – I can't buy them for that reason alone. I just think Green Bay and Tampa Bay are both more well-rounded teams. The, the NFC is just wide open, man, in my mind. It is. It's just, I, I guess, agree. probably in everyone's mind. I mean, I'm looking at who could come out of the NFC. Well, I think Seattle could. Well, I think the Niners could. Um, I wouldn't completely even rule out the Rams and the Cardinals out of the West. I think the Bucks could. I eh, Maybe the Saints can. I'm not. Carolina, you're out. But then out of the North, well, it's possible. Green Bay and or Chicago. And I'd say nobody out of the East. Okay. So how many teams Do I just named? you get to the Super Bowl? Get two, yeah. I think that literally everybody I named has a, has a shot at it in the in the NFC. I mean, who who's who is the dominant team in the NFC? To me, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Seattle are the three best teams. I don't think anybody else is getting. There. I I would I would hear the argument for New Orleans that I, Breeze sh- comes around. I, I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I I I would not. Rule out. I I wouldn't. I I wouldn't rule out the Bears. I wouldn't. I, they have no offense. I know. They I know. Can't score a point. But man. but but I'm the, not trying I, to throw cold water on your. Bears. No, I I don't I don't, I don't care. I really at, but, at all. But they just they can't score. Like you know as well as I do, man. There's going to come a point in a playoff game where like they're going to have to convert third and nine. Like it's just going to happen. Like, I, they're going to have to do it. I I, I think their offense is going to get better as the year goes along. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. You want to make that argument. And I just don't see any real dominant team. Like, okay, Seattle, you're 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 good, but as you say, they can't stop anyone. Tampa, okay, maybe it's the Bucks. I don't know. Do you and we can move on real quick. But I just want to ask you, since we just kind of ran down the NFC yeah. here, AFC. Do you see it as wide open as the NFC? No, not at all. No. Chiefs, Steelers. I guess I throw the Bills and the Ravens in there too. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I probably I'm probably Chief Steelers Ravens. Okay. I think the Bills or the Titans have the potential to maybe get in that group, but that's where I am right now. Those three. Last in or out. Will the Jets go 0 and sixteen in or out? We're just gonna do this every week till they win a game. I man, I, I hate being in on this because I just think it's such a joke to be in on an 0 and sixteen. Dude, they're they're so bad. Yeah. Like I I am in because we're sitting here. The Jets go on 16 in or out. Yeah, I'm in on it. Like, they can't score a point. They literally didn't score a point against Miami today and didn't even come close other than a missed field goal. Like, Gase after the game was taking shots at Greg Williams. They traded McClendon, like, who's their, their nose tackle, the captain of the team. I really think this is going to spiral if they don't fire Gase in a way – the, you know, look, you know what I'm, I'm talking about, at least you, you will when I say it. You know those teams you watch, and you see it in all sports, where they just clearly don't care, they don't believe in the coach anymore, and it's just, it's almost 
like it's almost offensive how much they don't care. Like you're watching the game and you're like, oh my god! I mean, this team is just a dog. They don't. Need, the Jets are that team, and you don't get that team every year. You know, you get bad teams, but teams are still fighting, they're still trying, they still believe in their. Co- the Jets don't even care. But you watch those games, and they, you could tell how just completely disinterested they are. They don't have a lot of young guys who are playing for something. They got a lot of veterans on that team who could care less because they're basically cashing their last couple of checks. Like Gase knows he's gone at the end of the year. I man, I look at them and really, really, really think to myself, like, they're not gonna win a game. They're not beating anybody. Like, there is no way they're be their next couple of games, if memory serves, um, and I actually I'm gonna look it up real quick, but I believe they play uh, a Monday nighter with with the Pats in East Rutherford. Um Okay, no. So here, here are their next four games. So they're home to the Bills next week. They're losing that game. Then they're at Arrowhead. They are losing that game. Then they have a Monday nighter with the Pats. They're losing that game. And then they're at the Chargers. They're losing that game. So barring a cosmic miracle, they're 0-10. And they then they then they host the Dolphins, and I don't know that today gives you a lot of confidence. If that might be the last chance saloon, man, like that might be it that game. Because after that, Seahawks, Rams, both away, the Browns at home at the Pats, and then there's also a game I forgot right after the Dolphins. They they play home against the Raiders. That Dolphins Raiders swap that 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 might be it. Like they're not winning any of those other games. I'm gonna say that Adam Gase gets fired tomorrow. You think he's gone? I think I think tomorrow's it. It's it's Ostilla bye bye, and he's not wrong with the Greg Williams stuff. But Greg Williams, he's not. Be, Greg Williams is an idiot. But right. Uh, but I I think I think it's over for Adam Gase tomorrow. That's that's my that's my prediction. Um, we shall see. I'm in on them being 0 16. What's going on in your life, Matt Verderam? So I was gonna I was gonna just continue with my NBA Jam theme, as I've been playing more NBA Jam than anybody rightfully should. It's been fantastic. Um, but I'll go with the weather is starting to chill here in Illinois and, uh, I'm conflicted because on one hand, I like autumn. It's a nice season. On the other hand, leaves are now mostly down. It's getting gray. It's getting cold. And I miss being able to go outside in a t-shirt, some basketball shorts, and just take a nice walk. Now I got to bundle up, stand pain in the ass, the wind, my ears get cold. Listen, I don't like that. So kind of conflicted on it. So I, I I feel like the weather's irreversibly changed, although I am looking forward to Halloween because every time I ask Maisie about going trick-or-treating, this is the this is the answer I get. Oh, I love Halloween, free candy. So I look forward to that. Uh, I am straight miserable at the weather's changing since you brought that up. I I have kept my sanity in the pandemic by playing a ton of tennis out outside. Uh, I don't unfortunately make the big bucks to play tennis indoors all winter long. So that's like a once a week thing that I can, I can manage. There's no pickup hoop in the pandemic. I can't, (laughs) I don't even feel comfortable going to yoga in the pandemic. So this sucks. And I'm moving to Florida, Vertoram. You want to come? I bring the family down. What do you think? Man, I, I'm not going to Florida right now. Are you kidding? It's everywhere, man. man. It's all the same. 
I'll create a bubble in Florida for you, buddy. Uh, by the way, I'll, I'll say this at the end here, since you know we've probably at this point, you know, if you've stuck with us this long, you'll live with this. Um, I, I can't take COVID anymore. I can't take it. <laughs> like for the love of God, the country's too damn stupid to figure it out. To just get a vaccine, please. Uh, not that we deserve one at the rate we've gone and how how utterly comical we've been in trying to handle this entire situation. But I mean, there's no helping us at this point beyond the beyond just a, a permanent solution like a vaccine. So please hurry up and get one that's reliable and that works. Uh, because I look around and if we don't get one, this thing's not going away. Because people are just too damn stupid to figure it out. So please come through because I can't take COVID anymore. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel you, baby. Hang in there. We're all hanging in there. I, I, I know that there's whoever is left listening to this podcast right now, I'm sure you're feeling the same way. And we thank you uh, for listening and would love you to leave a review for Stacking the Box. Tell a friend. Tell somebody. We need you. We love you. Shout out to everybody who has been listening, especially to Mr. Verderam, Papa Verderam, the leader of all men. Damn it. Getting ready for a, a, a Le'Veon Bell in Kansas City. Yeah, he's going to be driving home from work during the first quarter of that Chiefs-Bills game, Monday afternoon football. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll be providing uh, play-by-play commentary over the phone. That's, he's that, like, he's that's not going to be pleased. He's on the, uh, on the road path. That's a good son. All right, baby. We'll see you guys on Wednesday, week six. Congratulations to Tampa Bay taking it to the Packers. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.